Chapter 1, verse 1, say amen if you're there. Amen. That's a pretty poor amen. <laughs> Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And this shows us that the Son is far greater than angels, just as the name God gave them is greater than their names. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus, You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And when he brought his... And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all of God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, he sends his angels like the winds, his servants like flames of fire. But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. He also said to the Son, In the beginning, the Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. You will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels, Sit in the place of honor on my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people, who will inherit salvation. Definitely some neat things going on there. Uh, you can tell there was probably some issues with some angel worship going on. He's really having to like beat that down a little bit. But let's kind of just start taking a look uh, at the text a little bit. And, and, and here's the thing is, I don't want us to glance over too much. I want us to really uh, take, a, take a greater look. And, and uh, I think we find God sometimes in the, in the tiniest of details. And so... We, we, we often tend to pass over a lot of words to, to try to grab a much bigger picture. And in doing so, oftentimes we forsake the penny, you know, for the dollar, right? I mean, that's really what it's like. None of us pick up a penny. We throw a dollar bill on the ground, we start picking up, right? But a dollar bill is nothing but a hundred pennies, amen? Right? Sometimes we forsake a little and we don't treasure what the pennies bring us. So uh, let's just, let's take a look real quick. I think the wealthy man cherishes every cent, by the way. Hebrews 1 and 2, I just start off the back. One of the things that hits me right, I mean, like right from the get-go is this is long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our answers to the prophets, and now in these final days, he has spoken through his son. Praise God. God is speaking. Absolutely. God is speaking constantly. He's always speaking, sometimes through audible voices, sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through other people. Still, we're assured that he's forever speaking to us. This is an assurance right here. God is speaking. He is talking. He is saying things, and he speaks to us. He speaks to us in different ways, right? He speaks to us through circumstances, right? I had a dream last night. I was trying to like, tell him, I was like, trying to figure this thing out where I got struck by lightning in my dream. And like I literally woke up feeling like, I don't know if I was all cramped up or what, but I mean, like, it hurt. It hurt, and somehow, and I'm like, what did that mean? Was that God? You know how we do that. Come on, God. 
We do that, right? We're like, I think that was God somehow saying, I shouldn't go there, or I shouldn't do this, or maybe I should do this. Man, we, 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 we look for God to speak in different ways, right? Some, to the Hebrews, man, they looked at the angels a lot of times. When the angels showed up, man, they think God's speaking, or, or whatever that is for us. But one thing's for sure, we know God's speaking. It's just a matter of how. How is God, what medium is God using to speak to us? We know it, right? He has spoken to men in the past. The whole Bible is riddled with that, right? People who walked upright with him and, and walked in his ways. God used the prophets who were basically uh, nothing more than men who made it their life's ambition. They had only one single goal, and that was to be a listener of God. Think about it. Where do we find Elijah hearing from the Lord? He's in the cave all by himself. When, when David feels so frustrated and he's... Uh, 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 feels like everything is against him. He runs to the cave of Abdullah and he hides there where he hears the voice of the Lord encourage him as he speaks out to God. These men, they find themselves in the quiet places. Where did Moses hear God at? By the burning bush. Where? In the solitude of the mountain. These men make it their single ambition. They're men set apart from society who've been given their life to be someone who patiently waits for the breath of God to breathe. They wait on him to speak truth, and then they convey that truth to God's people. In the book of Job, the oldest uh, uh, known book we have, Job said it in chapter 33, verse 14, God does speak now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. God is speaking. Now, whether we perceive what he says, whether we hear what he says, whether we're in tune to what he says, that's a whole other story. But one thing's for sure, the Hebrew writer is convinced of it, why? Because he knows the Old Testament. He's read the history of God, right? Because the, the, the Bible's not our history. It's God's history as he works through his people. It's, God, it's about God, of all of it. It's not about Abraham. It's not about Moses. It's not about Isaac, Jacob, Elijah. It's about how God speaks to his people, how God moves through his people. Job says, God does speak now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. How does he know he can hear him. He can, he can hear God calling out into the deep. If there anyone like, to see who's listening, God is calling. He's calling always out into the deep to see if anybody's hearing it. Can you hear me? Are you listening? In the past, all these men were simple men. Right? We glorify them. I know we call them like great names now and stuff, but they were really nothing. There was nothing in and of themselves that were really special. The only thing that they had was a burning heart for God. And yet these men were commanding. Man, I would even go on to say they were absolutely frightening. Uh, Elijah calling down fire from the sky on a wet altar is terrifying. Samuel, who's, who, who basically anything that he said happens. The Bible says his words never fell to the ground. That's terrifying. Scary, right? We see the mortal man Moses trying to free the slaves on his own in the very beginning, right? He murders the Egyptian shoulder and the soldier and then he flees into the desert because no one no one's gonna follow a Hebrew that looks more like an Egyptian than a Hebrew. But after 40 years of in the desert with God, he returns with God before him and a reckoning upon the Egyptians. To the locks they've never recovered. We see the Samuel dropped off at the temple as a child through the, you know, basically through the promise of prayer. He hears God at a very young age and eventually comes so well at listening to God 
that while Samuel is alive, there isn't another nation on the face of the earth that can defeat the Israelites. It's not about, listen, it was never about how good they could fight. But if Samuel came and made the offering, God said, I honor him, and there will be no defeat today. That's impressive. Everything Samuel did and said not only affected the supernatural, but the natural as well, to the person who can hear God. We see the man Elijah alone in the cave, deep in the darkness of the earth, listening to God and feeling the weight of the devilish generation. Man, that's prophetic in and of itself. He speaks out. If he speaks out, think about what he's up against. If he speaks out, they're going to kill him. But if he doesn't, the weight of the burden of God just might also. Because God doesn't like this devilish generation. He does not like the Jezebel generation. And you know the stories. I mean, he launches out. He calls fire down from the sky. He shuts up the rain with a single command. What kind of man does that? A man that spends time with God. A man that can hear God. And it's a two-way conversation. Because once you begin to hear, now you can speak and know words are coming back. That becomes conversation. Amen? Right? Some of us, we know what it's like. We've talked to our kids, and it's like talking to a wall. But when they talk back, right, that's when we're in a conversation. That's why we usually say, like, say something. Right? You've had that conversation with your kid. You're like, say something. Okay. Uh, that way I can know I got it, right? And you understand me. You hear me. I promise you, like, when we talk, listen, there should be a conversation going on between him and us. It's not a one-way street here, right? Just tell God my needs, my wants, my desires, my hopes, my dreams. God has dreams. God has hopes. Where do you think we get them from? Eventually, through two-way conversation here, we get his hope, his dream, his wants, his desires. We bear his mark. And you know, I can keep going. You get the point. But a man shut up with God is powerful. The work of prayer is no small work, and yet it's our smallest ministry. I beat the drum on this all the time. The work of prayer can open the gates of heaven. It can also shut the rains from earth. Think about it. The work of prayer, which is the work of listening, is difficult, painful, and flesh-killing. Why? Because we are a generation that do not prize being still. Man, I don't think I sit still much at all these days. I'm working way too much, and it's hard. even if I did have time off, I'm pretty sure I'd do something. I don't know that I'd sit still for very long. I mean, do you even remember what it was like before cell phones? It's like a faint memory. Can you could you can you imagine sitting down for two seconds and not being entertained? I mean, man, if we sit down for two seconds, we are getting on Facebook. We are texting, twittering, Instagram, Facebook. We're doing something. Gaming. There's no way we're going to sit down and just be still. It's like we've trained ourselves not to be now. And I can't help but think and wonder if that's not the devil. Is entertainment bad? No. Are phones bad? No. Is texting, twittering? No, no. But not being still and not. Are we a generation that can't hear the voice of the Lord? I'd say if we're looking at a majority, yes. Then again, I am also glad that God never really works with a majority. He does tend to work with minority groups. Remember, Elijah felt he was all alone. Moses was a lone man, not sure if he was going to enter Egypt and have nobody follow him again. Think about it. God works with minorities. He absolutely does, but we're definitely in a generation that does need to be entertained. 
I remember we used to just sit and wait. Now we're leaning on our phone for this entertainment. We replaced our quiet time with noise. And we suddenly trained our bodies away from the communion with God, away from the listening. We trained ourselves to be a non-listener. Non-listener. And I'm not saying any of this is easy, but there's something uh, somewhere in you that's got to want what I'm talking about, right? Don't you want to hear the voice of God? Wouldn't you want to hear it just like, just, I know you've like, you see Elijah, you see the stories of David, you see the stories of the Bible. Don't you think there's something in me that just wants a little piece of that? Just a little piece? You know, when we were kids, we used to make believe a lot. And I'll never forget when I saw two movies that were probably like where you like, as I'm growing up, like, dude, totally want to be that, you know. Saw Indiana Jones, totally want to be an archaeologist. Found out, they don't carry whips and guns. <laughs> that is so not true. That would have been so awesome. Who wouldn't want to dig up dead stuff with guns and whips? As a boy, that just sounds like fun. I mean, all of that, that wasn't fun, right? And then I think the next movie that was really like a big, where I go, I want some of that. Like, I see that, and it's like cool looking. Because I remember watching, I don't know if you remember this, with Backdraft. With Kurt Russell, and he's this fireman. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And these guys, and they're like, like they're way cooler than the firemen of today. Firemen today, like they get down, they got all this headgear on. And all it's like Kurt Russell. He just walked in with a helmet and a jacket. Let's go, man. I mean, you know, and they like explode, and not lose one single hair on his whole face. I mean, like that's that's man stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And I, and I bought and I did some uh, work for the fire department. What that? What that? What all that? Wasn't all that. You, turns out they don't like you going into burning buildings. Backdraft totally lied. <laughs> they want you to fight that from a distance and just let it burn down. Well, what fun is that? That's no fun. The Bible's the same way, right? You know, I've, been, I, I've talked about this Wednesday, but it's the truth. I'm trying to really get you and to get some of these my kids and things like that to really see the Bible as people human stories that are true. Not embellished like we're used to hearing. It's not a uh, made-for-TV movie. It's not a based-on-a-true-story that we're reading where we've watered it down or added things to it to embellish the story. The things you read in the Bible are absolutely true. Which means that the God of yesterday is still the God of today, by the way. He's the God. He's the same God every day, and the God that called down fire upon the wet altar is still the same God who wants to call down fire on our wet altars. And He's waiting for the man who will be shut up and shut in and call it down. Don't you want that? Again, there a piece of you that's just curious what it would be like if God really got a hold of you. If you could just hear that audible voice. And it turns on, and God shares with you secrets that few hear. And I don't mean like secrets about what's going on with somebody else. I mean like what to do next. Some clarity in where to go or what your purpose is. So that you could be like these men, Paul, and these men, Peter, that as you meet them, they're so boisterous and sure and confident of themselves because they've been driven by a calling that they can audibly hear. It's not just this heartfelt lead which is always scary. No, it's a verbal calling they hear from God. Remember, Peter was a racist. He didn't even want to talk to the Gentiles. He didn't want to have anything to do with Gentile people. And we always look at Paul. We go, well, Paul was the apostles to the Gentile, but it was Peter who in a vision is 
God had told him, listen, Peter, this guy's coming. I want you to welcome him. And he says, no, no, man, I'm not going to put myself next to anything unclean. And he says, shut up. Yes, you are. I have called and I have opened the gates of heaven, Peter. And he goes, okay. That's the adventure of God. Like I, That's like my wife has asked me before. Like, what do I really want? What's my purpose? That's my purpose. I want to hear God like the days of old. I don't want the days of old. Don't mistake me here. I'm not trying to call back the day of Elijah. I want to hear God like Elijah. I want to hear God like Moses heard God. I want to see God like Moses saw God. I want to hear Christ like Christ heard the Father so that I can say, as I heard, I said, and as I saw, I did. It's not easy. But something has to make you want that. Something has to make you want to be shut up and shut in with God. So that when God groans, so do you. So that when God rejoices, so do you. That when God praises, so do you. That when God cries, so do you. So that you can feel the burden. I mean, I watched some of these uh, videos. We talked about it on Wednesday. Where some of these this new drug stuff that's out. We see these kids, man. And they are out of their mind. And, and all I could think is I want to weep. Because I see his sons and daughters are so desperately looking for something to fill that hole, that void inside them. That they are willing to die. Willing to die to do it. I can't help but wonder and think if I'm not too comfortable. Why aren't I reaching them? Why aren't I able to get to them? Get to them? None of this is easy. But I think it can be easier if I can find myself and get into a place where I can hear I can listen to the still small voice. If I can figure out how to drown the noise out, but there's nothing else but God. And so that I can hear the Hebrew writer, as he says long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our answers to the prophets. But in now, these final days, he speaks to us through Jesus Christ. If I can get to the place where he speaks to us through his son. God speaks to me through the love of Jesus, through the love of Christ. And I can hear it. And I can be led by it. And I can say the things that I hear Christ saying. I can do the things that I see Christ doing. Because God, it, it, the Bible is saying right to me, God speaks to all of us now through Christ. All. Gentile and Jew. All are being spoke to now by the Son. He speaks to us. God speaks to us. And you know, the difference before is that we see Elijah. These men were righteous men holy men, but now Christ has come. And even more so, we should hear the voice of God even more, right? Because Christ loves sinners. Christ gives grace and love. Remember, the God of grace and love had not really been, he was really more the God of holiness, righteousness, which he still is. But let me tell you, it was by the law of those things, right? So by the law, you had to, all these little things had to be right so you could be holy, righteous, and just so God could work through you and see you. And these guys had to work so hard at making sure they butchered animals and things like that. But now Christ has been butchered. And through Christ now, through grace and love, our imperfections are blindly overlooked. And even more so, we should hear from God. <laughs> They could had a, they had a, I look at the Old Testament, they go, they had a valid excuse. There were few that heard from God. Think about it. There's only six books in the Bible. The Old Testament, 
Very few men heard from God. That's why these men were big, bold, and awesome. And like we read stories about them, right? They're few. But we see a wave of people that hear from God today. We do. Why? Because God overlooks things. Why? Because he's blinded by his love. His love is blinded to all the faults of men. So God speaks to men freely now. We should all be able to hear the voice of God even more so. There's a there's really a left, there's like no excuse for us today. Like back then they can go, well, we're unrighteous, we're unholy, we're like this people that, you know, and they can just be frustrated a bit because they're never going to make the rules right because that's how we are, right? We get frustrated a bit because we know we're not going to live up to God's laws. But God's grace says, just come to me. God's love says, just come to me. There's no place too wicked for God's grace and mercy to be withheld. Lest we forget where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Romans 5.20. When I'm struggling at my greatest, it's at that moment that I'm assured that the Lord is capable and able to hold me within the grasp of his reach. He speaks through the Holy Spirit, comforting all of us today, giving us hope of something greater than this life, greater than this world, that someday we will be where he is, that he has prepared a place and forever intercedes for us before the Father. He's speaking not because I say it, not because I believe it, but because his word declares it. He speaks and I'm constantly comforted. He speaks and I'm instantly renewed. He speaks and I am forever reminded of his overwhelming love for me. He speaks and I see the power of his word to the changing of my flesh and to bring life. Come on, man. He breathes in the universe for us. He speaks life into everything. He only speaks to those who listen. 